Welcome to another edition hey. of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice. I'm from Above the Law. That was Catherine Rubino saying something over, uh, you know, out of turn. Uh, Chris Williams is here, wow, too. Wow, out of turn. <laughs> yeah. That's how we're going, though. That, that feels a little little extra. If you want to if you want to handle the, like, intro to the show, by all means. But uh, otherwise, you wait, you know, you, you okay, gotta my wait. turn? Excuse yeah. me? Excuse you. Excuse you. <laughs> So anyway, uh, <laughs> now that with that interruption, we'll move on. Uh, Chris Williams here too. We're actually all together in the above the law offices, which we aren't always because we usually work fairly remote. But we're here today. How's Woo! everybody doing? Yeah, yeah, that's how we're good. Great. As always, this is the above the law podcast where we talk about some of the uh, big stories of the week in above the law. But of course, we begin with some small talk. So. Bah, 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 bah. Small talk. Yeah. <laughs> that is the saddest small, fake small, small talk porn that you've ever done. She was like, bum, bada, bum, something. Come on, put a little effort into it. A little oomph, if you will. That was effort. That, you, think he, you think he made an effort? I don't think he could do better. Wow, your expectations are pretty low for that, man. Yeah, listen. I was stylistically I mean, I know, I know. going for kind of a sad <laughs> trumpet situation, but all right. The expectations for the white man are very low. But. This is okay. All right. <laughs> We're here. Uh, this is where we are, huh? Okay. So, this is, yeah. This is your life, friend. Does anybody have any uh, small talk worth discussing? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm doing good. So, what was it? Yesterday, I built with the help of some friends of fireplace in the but you built fire pit in the backyard. Oh, okay. Fire you built pit. a fireplace. That fireplace seems- is a little bit more of a engineering marvel. Listen, <laughs> I, I will, I will, uh, I'll be very happy this Christmas season roasting chestnuts and ramen noodles, whatever I can afford to throw on the Barbie. I'll just start and end with that marvel of architecture. What about y'all? I actually went to brunch with some girlfriends of mine since um since being a mom, I haven't had a chance to have like a girl's morning or brunch situation often. So it was really nice to see people I haven't seen for a few months. And it <laughs> it was really good. I like walked in and one of the girls was already there. I was like, oh, I love your shirt. It's so nice. It was like a little dressy. She's like, well, I knew you were going to get dressed up. So I, I felt like I, I had to. And I was like, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I was like, but <laughs> I don't have much of an opportunity to put something on that doesn't have spit up on it. So I'm going to take the chances I have. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, uh, I, d- I spent the whole weekend uh, preparing, of course, for the show because uh, this is the most important thing that we do. So Stop I was it. working on. Oh, no. then maybe you should be better at it. <laughs> I mean, I, I would be great if I wasn't constantly being interrupted. Would you like to be, would you like, would you like a solo podcast? Would you like just mm. like 30 minutes of the dulcet tones of Joe Patrice's voice? I think the, I think the audience would love I don't love think there's that, an audience but, for that. Okay. I don't think there's an audience Fair. for that. All right. So, uh, but no, I, uh, <laughs> I did spend a lot of the time preparing for this evening's event, which obviously by the time this comes out will have been completed, but we're having our ho- annual holiday party. So, Hopefully we'll get to see several of you who are in the New York area tonight. And if not, you know, next year, by all means, you should make an effort to come out uh, so we can meet you and chat and uh, know the audience a little bit better. Just to just to uh, double down to show how much effort Joe has put on. He's actually wearing socks today. 
So this is, I'm very impressed. I mean, I, I'm always wearing that. I'm also wearing a blazer. So like, I'm, that's a little <laughs> bit like more. That, like, socks is like the mark of formality yeah. to you. Not not the fact that no. he actually has on like a suit blazer. Yeah. <laughs> and a button down shirt. He's a collar, my friend. He's a collar uh, on. You're like, but but have you seen his socks? <laughs> well, they're they're very socky people. I did notice. I did notice actually, the, was watching the Heisman presentation and it seemed like everybody wasn't wearing socks this year. And all I could think back to was when Robert Griffin won, he had like, he had like Superman socks, sock, like socks that had capes on them. And now the game is just no socks at all. I guess I, so much has changed style wise. Are you keeping on top of the, the I'm trying to keep on top of, of these trends. Yeah. Are you, are yeah. you trying? That's interesting. And there is a method to the madness. If I would have just said he was wearing a blazer, no interesting tidbits, but now we have Superman <laughs> socks. Yeah. So there you go. Those were really cool. I remember when RG3 put the, had those on. Yeah, it was like right? a whole thing. Like, I think they sold out like the next day or whatever. Yeah. It was like a whole moment. But yeah, nobody was wearing socks this year. Anyway, let's. But Joe is wearing socks because he's formal like that. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, let's end this doomed event here. Uh, small talk over. You seem so frustrated with us. <laughs> it's always I'm always so frustrated. Um, is that your burden over there? It is. Is that your white man's burden? <laughs> this is the second time that me being white has become a big issue today. Also a man. I mean, yeah. Dear diary, they interrupted me again. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that comforts me are my tax returns. <laughs> The vibes are just different when we're all in person. That's all I can say. We do need to do this in person more. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <coughs> Catherine's uh, dying over here. So. It's not even dying. There, there is like a, a cough going around, and I don't think that's it. I think that I just laughed too hard. I hope I don't have a cough. I have a baby at home. I can't be sick. I can't be giving her RSV and all that terrifying shit. And a party tonight. That'll be a weird ATO, you know. <laughs> Super spreader event. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> can we? So let's talk. Uh, we, <laughs> You're so annoying. We, we, we don't have access. I don't have access uh, because we're all here to my usual soundboard. But this is where we would hear the dulcet tones of uh, Jim Mora is saying, uh, layoffs. Uh, so we have a layoff story. What's going on there, Catherine? Yes, uh, there are layoffs at K&L Gates at a number of their offices. So, yeah, uh, what I think was interesting about the layoffs, um, you know, capacity slash I think that that's it's primarily due to um, sort of capacity issues. But I think what's interesting is that uh, the firm's statement about them indicated that, uh, you know, it was not a reflection on the overall health uh, and, and revenue of the firm. And indeed, they expected their numbers for the end of the year to be, to be good, which is a weird flex, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's like, well, it's good, I guess, that, you know, you, you're still, your revenue numbers are where you want them to be, but also you care more about that number than you do about keeping people employed through the holiday season. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awful time to be engaging in the layoff world. You know, it, not just that it's holiday season, but doing it right in the middle of every other firm in the tier issuing raises, let alone bonuses, to start your layoffs is a, is a real bad sign. 
I had not really been tracking where the folks at KNL were, but like it's hard to imagine that things are going great. Uh, I mean, they they literally said their statement was that revenue will be up over last year. Which I mean, revenue yeah. will be up over last year, but they're laying off four different offices are impacted. It's not like it's some sort of small or group. We don't know the exact number of people who are impacted, but we know that people in Chicago, Boston, Washington, and Pittsburgh. Um, have Washington been being DC or Seattle? I believe it's DC. Okay, okay. Obviously, this is a Northwest firm I think it would be in the Seattle, old days. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. I think it's interesting that they're they're very excited to tell you how their revenue numbers will, in fact, be up. But I mean, listen, we all know big laws of business, in, and you should always always treat it that way. Never think that it's anything but a cold business at the end of the day. But this seems particularly cold. Their billable hours weren't there. Their work was down. The number of hours that those associates, I suppose, had were, was down. And so they're gone. Yeah. You're only as good as the number of hours you can bill. Wow, that's, is the uh, takeaway I take away. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's my takeaway. <laughs> cheery philosophy from Catherine. I mean, uh, hey, listen, listen, I've been laid off of a big law firm for similar reasons, right? Like 2009 happened. We've seen this happening before. And, and if you don't think of it as coldly as big law leaders look at it, you will be disappointed. I mean, I think that's fair. It's just weird. Like 2009, though, everybody was hurting. Uh, we're instead, that's true. That's we're true. instead dealing in a world where some firms are issuing raises, right? So it's right. And again, it wouldn't. It would be different if the the for this firm was hurting too, right? That it would be, yeah. You know, like maybe maybe other firms are doing well, and that's great for them. We're not. We're laying people off. But to come out and say there's not enough billable hours for everyone, we laid people off. But, but we're still revenue's, making revenue's yeah. going to be up. Yeah, uh, not not exactly the. I mean, the best uh, this tone. is the exact quote. The firm the firm is performing quite well with year to date revenue up strongly over last year, which was itself a record revenue year for the firm. Yeah, that's um. That's a, that, that's cold. That I, I keep on saying it. Come on, give me a thesaurus word. What should I be saying and not just cold? No, no, that's cold. They should have like break up. They're break. They're broke. We were up. Like they would have been more <laughs> word efficient. <laughs> That was the "it's not you, it's me" quote uh, in a in a press release form. Yeah, yeah. It is perhaps not unexpected. I think that firms are trying to get leaner. Generally, I think that they are concerned that even if they did well, that it may not last. And they there's a lot of excesses. I think in 2021, 2022. Actually, I guess I had that backwards. That was uh, it's, it's not you. us. It's you. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. you. It's you. It's you, you, you know. You're the problem. And according to um, sources that uh, American lawyer talked to, these folks who were laid off were utterly blindsided by it. Again, I would because imagine. it's a it's a pro- banner year at the firm. McDermott Will and Emery is Vault's number one law firm for associate satisfaction, three years running. Why? Because they're doing big law better. At McDermott, you define what your success looks like. They help you achieve it. McDermott's award-winning professional development program and hands-on mentorship propel you toward your goals, while the industry-leading wellness benefits help you feel your best so you can do your best. Want to see how your life could be better at McDermott? Head to mwe.com slash above the law. Calidus AI cleverly supports you by suggesting relevant law to address your complex issues. Put in simple questions or longer fact patterns, then Calidus asks you to confirm if points are salient before proceeding. Use Calidus to check if you found all the key concepts, cases, and statutes. Calidus turns that into a high-quality, customer-ready document. Handle complexity confidently with Legal's most advanced AI platform. 
Get $90 off your first two months. Use promo code Joe at CalidusAI.com. That's C-A-L-L-I-D-U-S-A-I.com. All right, so we're back. Stephen Miller is back in the news. We talked about him recently. Uh, he has jumped from gay Pop-Tarts to suing Macy, to filing a complaint against Macy's, and now he's intimating that he had sees some sort of a weird conspiracy involving Taylor Swift. That's where I we mean, are. The man is just a vampire literally sucking from anything that has an ounce of mojo or popularity in order to grift money from people at home who are otherwise buying gold bullion for the next crash, right? <laughs> well, and Did getting you just call him the Drake morning. of lawsuits? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Stephen Miller, who— uh, left the Trump administration uh, to go into being uh, running a, a legal entity. Uh, he is not, in fact, a lawyer, but he does threaten lawsuits and file lawsuits against all sorts of people, usually for the purpose, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, as I put it, a wokeness ambulance chaser. Uh, <laughs> and he's doing it over and over again. Wah, trying to, <laughs> yeah, trying to get attention. Uh, and now his latest is to suggest that Taylor Swift being Times Person of the Year is inorganic. What does that even mean? Well, uh, the Jews uh, is what it means. It was one of those cryptic things that is not so cryptic. Uh, within, within a couple of, as soon as he put it out, his, his followers immediately started going off on a number of anti-Semitic conspiracy okay. theories, mostly surrounding George Soros being involved in creating Taylor Swift, I guess, for uh, the wow, purpose wow. of, I don't know. For something. But I, I don't even, I think that actually Taylor Swift winning, winning per, Times Person of the Year is perhaps the most organic person of the year that I've have seen, right? Because it's not just one thing that you could sort of calculate. It was like a groundswell of series of events and tour dates and releases and, you know, videos that went viral that had led her to end up relationship that has okay. captured the imagination of the nation. Oh uh, my God. See, I was has, worried about having this, this podcast topic. is sponsored by, yeah, I was worried. <laughs> she don't need ours. Well, just, <laughs> I was worried about bringing this topic up inorganically like this. Cause, uh, cause I knew that she would go off. No, I'm just saying that has anybody in a positive way, dominated headlines no. for the entirety of a year That's the fair. way Taylor Swift has this year. Limiting Beyonce. it to positive way is key. In a single year? I'm not sure. I, I don't know. The Renaissance tour is going to go crazy. Sure. Taylor Swift has five of the top 10 albums. It's yeah. the first time a living person has ever done it. Yeah. I also think it was, she She also at one point this year had all 10 of the top 10 singles yes, or something like true. that. Yes, also true. She also did that. Yeah, she, no, the, she's the, breaking the, all sorts of records. The positive way was key because obviously yeah. there's a case to be made like for Elon Musk in a negative way. Sure. And like uh, Hitler was person of the year, right? One year, right? And that sure. was, that was, that also dominated headlines. Yeah. But like. <laughs> and that was, you know, and it was organic then. Uh, but oh. Also, one, one thing, just to be, in case make sure I'm not tripping. Wasn't our person of the year one easy one time? Like, wasn't there a year where the time just had said it was you? Yeah, no, yes. no, we were we yes. were person of the year yeah. once. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I need to I need to update my resume. But yeah, like it's just a, it's just a thing. It's like yeah. who who looks at us and like oh this isn't vegan enough. That's oh yeah. <laughs> No, but th that is a good point. That little section at the end of the resume that uh, career services always tell you to say something interesting about yourself, just put in there like person, of the, person year. of the year 2008 or whatever year it was. Yeah. See if anyone even remembers why that happened. Uh, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, so anyway, 
it's Stephen Miller doing Stephen Millery things, obviously, but. Yeah, I mean, good news. Our our legal system is often used for people's petty grudges. So here we are. Yeah, so it's it's not great, the world we live in, but uh, I think Taylor's going to be just fine. Uh, she seems to have everything under control. So. I, I feel confident she will be just fine. Yeah. She'll shake it off. Oh. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> You're just mad that you didn't get to make the joke first. Yeah, I mean, no, I had, I had, I had some good, I had some good lyric-based jokes in the article about it. Mm. And yeah. let's save them for the article. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, although my best joke was uh, referring to Stephen Miller as skinhead by nature, white nationalist by by choice. Uh, <laughs> because, but here we go. All right, so wait, isn't that the isn't that the second Amy Wax album? Uh. <laughs> We're going to have more Amy Wax eventually. Uh, Not this week, though, but don't worry. I'm sure it's coming. Hey, Guy, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Guy, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather-bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's J.D. McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you! I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet, Guy, I bet he even went to a law school. Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Guy and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network. Available wherever podcasts are found. All right, you know, you mentioned Amy Wax. Let's talk about a different law professor situation. Joshua Wright, former FTC commissioner, professor at Ass Law. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with that, that's George Mason University's law school changed its name to the Antonin Scalia School of Law briefly before somebody pointed out that that above the law. Yeah, before we pointed out that that's Ass Law. Did you ever do a former FTC employee now in trouble for fucking the children joke? No. Why? Oh. Oh, yeah, I'd never heard the FTC referred to that way, but sure. Well, they were yeah. students. Okay. He was fucking the children. You know. All right, so uh, Wright is ultimately left for the uh, left-ass law for the private sector. Uh, it was revealed quickly after that that there might have been some reasons why he left for the private sector. He was accused by some people who are now partners at law firms, a partner in a council at law at a big law at big law firms that when he when they were one uh, else, he was sleeping with them uh, and that he then maintained relationships with them over the years, dangling career prospects and so on and so forth. He then sued them for defamation for one hundred and eight million dollars, saying that they defamed him because, you know, he was sleeping with them, but it was uh, it wasn't any big deal. It's consensual. Uh, so- yeah, when his uh, yeah his his defamation complaint did not say that they were lying about this. The it it admitted that he was sleeping with all the one L's all the time, but that that harmed his reputation. I think he might misunderstand what the reputational harm was. Uh, <laughs> it, anyway, that that lawsuit has been dismissed without prejudice, uh, giving him some time to, according to the uh, order, uh, giving him some time to amend it to come up with any defamatory. A statement that he thinks they made. Uh, in the meantime, he's now sued, and this is where we get to this story. He's now sued George Mason, claiming that they uh, have 
ruined his life by giving some credence to these uh, allegations, which, again, he admits he actually did, but he is mad. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. Well, he filed a Title IX complaint against one of his accusers claiming that she was harassing him by accusing him of all this stuff, which, again, he admits he did. The school did not – it dismissed that on the grounds that she was not a university employee and it had no – no jurisdiction over her. Uh, that's the basis of one of the key bases of this complaint. He says that she was kind of hypothetically potentially an employee in the future, and therefore they shouldn't have treated this complaint differently. Uh, I think maybe they treated the complaint differently because they actually believe her allegations, you know, again, especially to the extent that he admits that the key allegations were all true. Uh, but yeah. So the but but so the key to this is the right situation continues with him filing more lawsuits against more people for stuff that he fundamentally admits he did. I mean, look, I, I get his I get his argument colloquially. He argues that he wasn't using the all of these career prospects to you know sleep with folks. Uh, he was sleeping with his students based on his own charm and the fact that he was. Uh, <laughs> dangling career prospects in front of them was nothing to do with it. And it's wrong to claim that that's what he was doing. Uh, that said, that is not defamatory. The important part of the case is the he slept with his students part. Uh, and his his idea that they're defaming him by claiming that he was doing it in a cynical way, it kind of misses the point entirely. But that's where we are. Yeah. Uh, but I get it. Look, I, I get it colloquially, like, he wants to, at parties, say that he's just kind of a playboy rather than a cynical predator. And that's fine. You can say that. Uh, but none of that is defamatory. Yeah, I was like, the, the distinction there is, the, you know, the opposite side of a coin. I think that that is very much opinion, which is fundamentally protected right. based on the same set of admitted facts. Right. Well, and this is why the initial lawsuit is has got kicked back for for him to come up with any statement that he thinks actually is defamatory. Uh, He, of course, is represented by the Benal Group, which is the uh, law firm that now does mostly, hey, were you accused of doing awful things to women while you were in college? That's their primary ad pitch now. Uh, I get those. I get the Somehow Facebook thinks, its algorithm thinks that I, you know, am interested in them because I've written about them before. So I get those ads all the time. Mm. Anyway, uh, but you may remember Jesse Benal from... um, he was Sidney Powell's like sidekick on all of the bogus and ultimately for Powell uh, criminal inducing uh, lawsuits <laughs> that they all did, uh, trying to pretend that. Well, Donald her Trump her won the actions right were that trying to get the the voting machine right. She's trying to take yeah. over possession of the voting machine or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When the the Georgia stuff, but uh, yeah. he was involved. Jesse here was involved in a lot of her other Kraken uh, efforts, so. It's a cracking legal oh pedigree. Oh my god! No, no, <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop. For the listeners at home, since we're all here, Catherine got thumbed down in real time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I just uh anyway uh so <laughs> we gotta. You look so disappointed, Joe. <laughs> maybe we don't have video on all the time. I I look disappointed in every episode. It's, I always am looking disappointed. <laughs> 
yeah. So do we have anything else that we want to uh, toss in here? We had a couple more minutes. I don't know I if mean, anyone else had a favorite story. I would, I would say that 80% of what we're writing about right now is uh, raises. So right. it's, it's hard to, to make that uh, dog bark again. Yeah. Also, I, I think the, the Young Thug Rico case uh, Ooh, go for hilarious. It. So in the opening argument, Young Thug's lawyer said, you might have some preconceptions about my client. But what you need to know is that the thug in Young Thug stands for truly humble under God. And there's just a long list of very criminal activities that had were given like wholesome, godly acronyms. I got to say that that I believe is a acronym as much as I believe your FTC one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but look, you've got to get, you got to like, as, no, as just, little, just to be clear, yeah. that acronym for the FTC applied to the professor. Oh, understood. To, yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. I get it. He was I get doing it. that. Well, he, well, I mean, this, this other one does too, because young thug is in fact, truly humble before God. Right. So like, yeah. Yeah. Well, so you've got to respect the lawyer here, right? <laughs> I mean, no, you, <laughs> you got to respect Doug. There yeah. is a tweet from like a decade ago with him having like this acronym breakdown. Oh, he oh, he did. Yes. He, OK, OK, OK. This is Stugger. I didn't know that this was this predated. I thought this was yeah. the thing they were all doing now. OK. Yeah. All right. Look, that's impressive. I mean, that's good. That that's good. Understanding your client, knowing the record. Yeah. And it, listening it, to them. Yeah, listening. This is, this is. Uh, we we should do a, a a CLE like on how uh, client relations, and we should just use this trial as our our basis. I mean, I think that a lot of law school hypotheticals will be based on this particular one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So with that all said, let's. Uh, I think we're done. Great. Yay. Okay. So thanks everybody for listening. You should subscribe to the show, get new episodes when they come out. You should leave reviews, stars, write something. It all helps. You should check out other shows. Catherine's the host of the Chabot. I'm on the Legal Tech Week Journalist Roundtable. Uh, you should listen to the other shows of the Legal Talk Network. Check out Above the Law to read these and other stories and see all the great lyric jokes that I made in the uh, the Stephen Miller story. So you can read all those before the, we talk about them here. You should be following on the social medias at ATL blog, at Joseph Patrice, at Rights for Rent, at Catherine One, all on Twitter, on Blue Sky. It's basically the same, except I'm Joe Patrice instead of Joseph because I got to choose my name there. And with all of that, I think we're done. We will talk to you again next week. Peace. Peace. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.